Section sixteen of Essays, Book One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Essays, Book One, by Michel de Montaigne, translated by Charles Cotton a proceeding of some ambassadors i observe in my travels this custom ever to learn something from the information of those with whom i confer which is the best school of all others and to put my company upon those subjects they are the best able to speak of bastian nocchiero ragionar dei venti albifolco dei tori et le sue piaghe contil guerrier contil pastor gli armenti let the sailor content himself with talking of the winds the cowherd of his oxen the soldier of his wounds the shepherd of his flocks an italian translation of propertius two one forty three for it often falls out that on the contrary every one will rather choose to be prating of another man's province than his own thinking it so much new reputation acquired witness the jeer archidamus put upon patander that he had quitted the glory of being an excellent physician to gain the repute of a very bad poet plutarch apothems of the lacedaemonians in voce archidamus and do but observe how large and ample caesar is to make us understand his inventions of building bridges and contriving engines of war de bello gallico book four seventeen and how succinct and reserved in comparison where he speaks of the offices of his profession his own valour and military conduct his exploits sufficiently prove him a great captain and that he knew well enough but he would be thought an excellent engineer to boot a quality something different and not necessary to be expected in him the elder dionysius was a very great captain as it befitted his fortune he should be but he took very great pains to get a particular reputation by poetry and yet he was never cut out for a poet a man of the legal profession being not long since brought to see a study furnished with all sorts of books both of his own and all other faculties took no occasion at all to entertain himself with any of them but fell very rudely and magisterially to descant upon a barricade placed on the winding stair before the study door a thing that a hundred captains and common soldiers see every day without taking any notice or offence optat epipia bus piger optat arare caballus the lazy ox desires a saddle and bridle the horse wants to plough horace epodes one fourteen forty three by this course a man shall never improve himself nor arrive at any perfection in anything he must therefore make it his business always to put the architect the painter the statuary 
every mechanic artisan upon discourse of their own capacities and to this purpose in reading histories which is everybody's subject i used to consider what kind of men are the authors if they be persons that profess nothing but mere letters i in and from them principally observe and learn style and language if physicians i the rather incline to credit what they report of the temperature of the air of the health and complexions of princes of wounds and diseases if lawyers we are from them to take notice of the controversies of rights and wrongs the establishment of laws and civil government and the like if divines the affairs of the church ecclesiastical censures marriages and dispensations if courtiers manners and ceremonies if soldiers the things that properly belong to their trade and principally the accounts of the actions and enterprises wherein they were personally engaged if ambassadors we are to observe negotiations intelligences and practices and the manner how they are to be carried on and this is the reason why which perhaps i should have lightly passed over in another i dwelt upon and maturely considered one passage in the history written by monsieur de langeais a man of very great judgment in things of that nature after having given a narrative of the fine oration charles v had made in the consistory at rome and in the presence of the bishop of macon and monsieur du Vely, our ambassadors there wherein he had mixed several injurious expressions to the dishonour of our nation and amongst the rest that if his captains and soldiers were not men of another kind of fidelity resolution and sufficiency in the knowledge of arms than those of the king he would immediately go with a rope about his neck and sue to him for mercy and it should seem the emperor had really this or a very little better opinion of our military men for he afterwards twice or thrice in his life said the very same thing as also that he challenged the king to fight him in his shirt with rapier and poignard in a boat the said sieur de langeais pursuing his history adds that the forenamed ambassadors sending a dispatch to the king of these things concealed the greatest part and particularly the last two passages at which i could not but wonder that it should be in the power of an ambassador to dispense with anything which he ought to signify to his master especially of so great importance as this coming from the mouth of such a person and spoken in so great an assembly and i should rather conceive it had been the servant's duty faithfully to have represented to him the whole thing as it passed to the end that the liberty of selecting disposing judging and concluding might have remained in him for either to conceal or to disguise the truth for fear he should take it otherwise than he ought to do and lest it should prompt him to some extravagant resolution 
and in the meantime to leave him ignorant of his affairs should seem methinks rather to belong to him who is to give the law than to him who is only to receive it to him who is in supreme command and not to him who ought to look upon himself as inferior not only in authority but also in prudence and good counsel i for my part would not be so served in my little concerns we so willingly slip the collar of command upon any pretence whatever and are so ready to usurp upon dominion every one does so naturally aspire to liberty and power that no utility whatever derived from the wit or valour of those he employs ought to be so dear to a superior as a downright and sincere obedience to obey more upon the account of understanding than of subjection is to corrupt the office of command Note, taken from aulus gellius book one thirteen insomuch that publius crassus the same whom the romans reputed five times happy at the time when he was consul in asia having sent to a greek engineer to cause the greater of two masts of ships that he had taken notice of at athens to be brought to him to be employed about some engine of battery he had a design to make the other presuming upon his own science and sufficiency in those affairs thought fit to do otherwise than directed and to bring the less which according to the rules of art was really more proper for the use to which it was designed but crassus though he gave ear to his reasons with great patience would not however take them how sound or convincing soever for current pay but caused him to be well whipped for his pains valuing the interest of discipline much more than that of the work in hand notwithstanding we may on the other side consider that so precise and implicit an obedience as this is only due to positive and limited commands the employment of ambassadors is never so confined many things in their management of affairs being wholly referred to the absolute sovereignty of their own conduct they do not simply execute but also to their own discretion and wisdom form and model their master's pleasure i have in my time known men of command checked for having rather obeyed the express words of the king's letters than the necessity of the affairs they had in hand men of understanding do yet to this day condemn the custom of the kings of persia to give their lieutenants and agents so little rein that upon the least arising difficulties they must fain have recourse to their further commands this delay in so vast an extent of dominion having often very much prejudiced their affairs and crassus writing to a man whose profession it was best to understand those things and pre-acquainting him to what use this mast was designed did he not seem to consult his advice 
and in a manner invite him to interpose his better judgment end of section sixteen recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey